New Zealand's first national walking plan will be released later this month and we'll know more about that soon. In the meantime, we wanted to know what should it include? How easy is it to walk around a city? What are the benefits? Landscape ecologist Dr Colin Merck is behind the Christchurch 360 Trail, which we've talked about before on the show. And he's presenting at this year's annual walking summit in Christchurch where the national walking plan will be unveiled. Uh, He joins us now. Hi there, Colin. Hi, kia ora, Jesse. Welcome back onto the show. Always nice to talk to you. Um, what is your understanding about what this National Walking Plan is? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm uh, contributing um, my piece about the, the Christchurch 360 Trail, and that is sort of just one of the features that will feed into the whole concept of, you know, um, <clears throat> a walking uh, summit and walking uh, model. Um, it's one of the ingredients for, um, you know, getting people moving, but also experiencing the journey as much as the destination. Um, you know, it's it's about not just um, you know commuting from to work or to from A to B, but also sort of slowing down, breathing, you know, meditatively experiencing. Uh, the world as you go by and developing a stronger sense of local place, um, you know, which we know feeds into well-being and and some of the presentations will be um, focused particularly on that. So the walking plan is a government-backed initiative to show how they are going to support walking in New Zealand. Is that the idea? Yes, and look, um, you know, I have to say that um, I'm not heavily, haven't been heavily engaged in that process. I was invited to join the conference at, at which this will be um, discussed, um, and so. Um, and you'll bring your expertise from your from your experiences developing this Christchurch yeah. 360 trail. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And and using it as a model for other cities. Um, I mean, you know, there've already been discussions with cities in North America, for example, Seattle and Gainesville and what have you, who have looked at um, applying the same model that we have in the Christchurch 360 trail walk um, to um, other cities around the world. Um, and it's it's um, very much about, um, you know, breaking down the sort of polarisation between you know, where people are and nature is. You know, we've got our great walks, um, which are focused on our national parks and up on the mountains and, you know, in remote locations. Um, But actually nature is all around us and we need to sort of bring that back into our um, experience um, where, where we live, work and play, but enjoy the recreation, enjoy um, slow tourism and spread the load, you know, that's, being poured into now, um, you know, the conventional great walks. And, you know, we know that they've had problems with, um, you know, uh, weather damage and accommodation. Um, same with Te Araroa, you know, has had these issues and problems. Well, you can come to our cities and um, if you've got a joined up experience available there, you can um, spread that load and demonstrate yeah. that, uh, you know, um, these um, sort of well-being experiences are available, you know, everywhere. Yeah. If I want to take one of the great walks, I will book some time off, 
drive to the airport, take a two-hour flight to Queenstown, get in a rental car, drive out through Glenorchy, park the car, and then I take my walk. So so your suggestion is that walking should be more incorporated into our lives and more centred around where people are already. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, You know, you've hit the nail on the head there, really. Um, How long did did it take you to... um, create the Christchurch 360 trail? <laughs> right. Well, it's 140 kilometres and it takes, you know, between 8 and 12 days to, to walk it. But the journey to actually get to build it has been going on for about 30 years and it still, you know, hasn't been sort of finely nailed down. I mean, yes, there's a route, but to actually get sign-off for every sort of metre of it um, is, is an amazingly long process. <laughs> um, of course, we've been sort of trying to market it more widely. But, um, you know, there's all sorts of health and safety implications of when you um, uh, declare something a formal route um, as opposed to it just being there and you can go and do it. And you can go and do it. You know, there's the Chrysler 360 website, which um, tells you where the route is and there are track markers around, you know, 99% of it. Um, So... um, It's, it, it has been a much longer journey actually getting it nailed down than, than we would have hoped. And I should note that, you know, the Tiaroa, for example, um, has now got good recognition, um, you know, and reached its 10-year anniversary um, last year. Um, we've been going 30 years and, you know, we've got no lesser sort of health and safety issues than the Tiaroa has, you know, in terms of walking along um, parts of, of highways. Um, so, Did you have a problem um, with people... A few frustrations there. Mm. Did you have a problem with people saying no to you when you tried to um, get permission for your walk to go through certain places? Um, not, not really. Um, you know, there are alternative routes in some of the more contentious spaces, but, um, you know, there's, there's always potential to sort of co-design, um, you know, these areas and make sure that everyone's needs and all the wildlife needs are being adequately met, you know, and that, um, you know, of course, when you're dealing with New Zealand wildlife, one of the inevitable um, issues that comes up is, is dogs, you know, and free-roaming dogs. Um, and, you know, we, for example, in one particular location around the estuary would support a dog-free um, edge to most of the estuary in order to um, circumvent that problem. Um, the the other main issues are, um, arise around health and safety of walking along rural road sides, even though there's a three-metre-wide grass berm, um, you know, there are certain uh, people that wish there to be, you know, full-scale, you know, million-dollar gold-plated walking uh, pedestrian infrastructure. Um, Well, you know, I would sort of say that um, it's not applied uniformly, that rule across the country, um, Tiaro is a case in point. Um, and, you know, we cannot afford to gold plate everything and we need to have good signage and, you know, slower traffic and, and what have you where that might be an issue. But, you know, there's always ways around dealing with these things. And, you know, we need a sort of a more of a can-do attitude to celebrate and showcase, you know, the, the wonderful 
nature that we have in our in our country and across our country, not just in our national parks, but you know, in our daily lives and you know, slow tourism through our cities as well as in, in the national parks. You presumably agree with Living Streets Aotearoa, um, who are behind this um, walking summit, that that it's important to have separate infrastructure for walkers and cyclists within a city? Um, yeah, I think there needs to be um, sort of respect for um, each of those modes of transport. And, and they are different experiences and they do you know, require, um, you know, different kind of um, facilities, I suppose, to support them. You know, there are places where I think you can have uh, joined um, facilities, um, you know, where where it's safe, where there's sort of long straight stretches or something. Um, um, but <clears throat> obviously, in, in some cases, it, we know that there are dangers and, um, and unexpected <laughs> um, arrivals of of uh, fast moving uh, traffic, even if it's uh, non motorised. But of course, you know, with electric bikes now, they can move along at a fairly uh, fast clip yeah. and, and can be sort of quite dangerous. So, yes, I mean, I, I think there's a horses for courses kind of aspect to it. Um, you know, there are some cases where um, we should be trying to separate them, you know, especially around urban environments, but there'll be other places where um, it may be, you know, reasonable to, uh, to, join, to join them together, you know, just because of the difficulty of, um, and cost of, of creating, you know, separate parallel pathways. What's been your favourite moment on the 360 trail so far? <laughs> I remember you asked me this a few years ago. <laughs> no, I asked you to give me a suggestion of one day's walking for someone to do, and you wouldn't choose one. You, you've got a good memory. Um, well, the the highlights, of course, are often engaging with other people who are enjoying yeah. a very sort of meditative experience. But, of course, you know, some of the highlights include, you know, the Port Hills, the Harbour, the Hills, the Heads, um, you know, the estuary, the Travers Wetland, the Braden Rivers, uh, the Rickerton Bush, you know, and the community gardens and the interaction between, um, um, you know, nature and, and culture. Um, and, um, um, but it, it's very much, you know, um, it's kind of, I sort of sense sort of it's a, feel, a return of the village, you know, that, that when you're out there in those sort of semi-remote places, even in a city context, um, and, you know, you come across other people and families and people from different backgrounds and ages, you know, enjoying the moment, just smiling peacefully. Um, you know, it, it, it does, you do feel that sense of well-being kind of sort of permeating through you. Yeah. There's plenty of science behind that too. That's not just, um, that's not just woo-woo. There's, we've talked before on the, um, you know, there's some hard research that um, that shows the impact of getting out into nature on people's well-being and of course of, of just walking wherever you're walking you, but you see that hey you you see that people's moods are lifted and that generally they're getting something out of walking that they don't get in normal city life I, I think absolutely and um, uh, you know it's that shared experience um, it's interacting and engaging with nature you know sort of going through travels and seeing all the eels kind of piling up on top of each other and um, 
um, and and the wildlife and you know the plant life and just getting to to know that better and having that as part of your sense of place you know and building sort of ecological literacy it sounds a very technical term but it's you know about better understanding the processes of nature and and therefore building you know it, it's kind of very convergent on the whole kind of mataranga um, uh, concept you know of understanding the holistic nature of the world that we live in and how we need to know that in order to be properly um, uh, be a guardian of it and a steward of it and to look after it. How's the bird life in your part of the world? Oh, it's looking pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I always tend to think of uh, Ototahi as the Kodemako capital of the, of the country. <laughs> you know, the bellbirds um, are certainly singing a lot at the moment um, out there, sometimes in the rain, sometimes in the sunshine. Um, and, of course, they're sort of gearing up for their uh, next sort of nesting season. Um, and the, the kofi is, is flowering, and, of course, they love to drink the nectar of the, of the kofi. Um, <clears throat> and um, uh, the, the other birds that sort of come to mind um, are the, the, the fantail, the piwaka waka, and the um, pukeko, of course, and the putakitaki, the... the, the, um, um, the Yes, the shell ducks, the paradise shell ducks. Um, but um, you know, the Kodemako is one of the features of um, of the city. I have to say, you know, hearing them, the bellbirds singing. Uh, Colin, I've got a question for you. It's part of the world mm-hmm. I spend a bit of time in up in Northland, and the Te Tauraroa Trail um, runs nearby. And it sounds like a couple of private landowners have withdrawn their permission to. Um, people to walk through on that trail. Does that happen very often and is that something that you need to worry about for your 360 trail or are you all on public land? Yeah, yeah. Well, most of the, you know, 90% of the trail, 99% of it is is on public land. You know, it basically connects up lots of little walks and, and public reserves and waterways and stuff that, that already existed there. And so that's how it was designed. Um, you know, um, I think, you know, we hope that that people can see the value in, um, you know, providing that um, capability. That you know, there is a there is a two way thing here. Um, you know, mutual respect. Um, you know, of course, there there are other models, like in Britain, for example. You know, where national parks are mostly on private land and. The government actually pays the landowners for, you know, um, nature conservation and recreational access. Um, so, you know, that that's a model that we never really um, imported here because, you know, we constructed public land and all the reserves and, and so on were, were formed in those, at least in the remote um, mountainous areas. But um, down on the sort of flatlands and downlands, you know, where this heavy sort of farming activity, um, it's a little bit more problematic. And, of course, issues along, um, you know, the Queen, so-called Queen's Chain along waterways um, can be uh, problematic. Okay. Um, it doesn't particularly affect the Crozier 360 Trail, although there is one location where um, it would be nice to have a more direct route through a little bit of uh, private land and it runs fairly close to a paper road, actually, but not exactly on it. So, um, um, you know, it'd be good to be able to negotiate these things um, and um, and for the, the, the landowners to see the mutual benefit and 
having um, people enjoying it because, you know, most people that are going out walking are not going to be there to sort of, um, you know, vandalise the property or anything, you know, but they might need to be educated about, you know, closing gates or or whatever it might be and avoiding dangerous animals. Thank you, Colin. Great to talk to you. Good luck uh, with your presentation at the Walking Summit in Christchurch and thanks for telling us the latest from your patch. Uh, Kia ora, thank you so much. Uh, It'll be released later this month, the uh, first national walking plan for New Zealand.